opportunity. Okay, so let's get in the Word today. Um, as, uh, as we get into the Word, and as we talk about what it is to be church, um, I think it's important that we just take a second and recognize, isn't this a blessing that we get to be together? It wasn't that long ago that COVID stole from us this easy thing that we take for granted called church. And yeah, it was a blessing that we can get online. If you're watching online, we are appreciative that you're there. And, and I'm sure that you recognize the blessing of being able to be online. But man, we all recognize real quick that online gets old fast. We all recognize real quick how good it is to finally get together and be together. And if anything, if any silver lining can come from COVID, it is how much we took for granted how communal we are. Our everyday life is meant to be with each other. We're not meant to be apart and separate from each other. No human is meant to be a solo. We are all meant to be with someone else. Church absolutely is a communal event. In fact, one of the things that we call church is, you know, a congregation. What is it? It is congregating, getting together. Because church isn't just about salvation. If it were just about getting saved, and I know that we talk about that a lot, but if it were just about getting saved, you know, then, then whenever you got baptized, you would be done. Whenever you got confirmed, you would be done. Right? Whenever you said the, the magic words, then you could, you know, be done. You wouldn't have to worry about church. You wouldn't have to worry about Jesus. You wouldn't have to do anything else. You would just have been washed in the waters, and wouldn't that be great? You'd be done. But somehow there's a tomorrow. You know, you get baptized, and there's a next day. You have life, you have things that happen in your life, and it's not enough just to say, okay, well, I've been saved. To be saved doesn't mean that no longer are you, um, uh, you know, wallowing around in your mud. I was having a great conversation the other day with a, with a friend, a Christian, and, and we were just giggling about how it is that, that, that once you have that saved moment, that's the start of the race. You get to have this race with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Every day. You get to run with God instead of away from God. And when you run, anybody here a runner? I love running. I don't care how far you run, eventually you will get tired. It'll happen. Just as in your spiritual journey, you will find yourself faltering. It'll happen. And in your spiritual journey, when you falter, if you're running alone, well, that's where it's over. Christians aren't meant to run alone. There's no such thing as a lone Christian. That, that's anathema. There's, there's no such thing as somebody who just decides, hey, I'm going to be a Christian out of the blue, and then continues to do that. If, if you think that that's a weird statement, we can have a whole Bible study. I've got 59 verses in my pocket right now where we are told to love one another, care for one another, bear one another's burdens. It's not a thing that you do alone. It's not something you can do alone. Getting into our sermon series in Hebrews, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit more about what it, is, what it is we're supposed to do. What does it look like to be the church? That's one of the cool things about this book of Hebrews, is it is a pastor who is writing a congregation, a group of people, and everything they go through, we are going through. And this is, uh, this is Hebrews 10. I'm going to start at verse 19. The pastor here says, Therefore, my friends... Since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, 
by the new and the living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and full assurance of faith with, a, with hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So that's a big long way of saying, hey, ain't Jesus cool? And he made us perfect. We were made clean in a baptism. That's great. But there's a tomorrow, isn't there? Yeah, we were made clean in our baptism. Yes, we were perfected when we take communion. But there's a next day and another day. So then what happens? He goes on. He says, verse 23, Let us hold fast, fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to, to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. And I love that. How do we provoke one another into, with love into meeting so that we don't fall away as is the habit of some? I know they had plagues in their day, but I know they didn't have COVID in their day. But it still happened. It's this human function to get out of the habit. To go in a different direction, maybe a direction that we think is a better direction. Here, here it is, you ready? And I know you do this. This is, this is the worst. Science tells us this is not good. On your day off, do you sleep in? I know you do. We all sleep in, don't we? Yeah, but we're not supposed to. Do you know that? You're not supposed to sleep in. If you sleep in, then you just messed up your whole system. That's why Mondays are so tough. Because you spent Saturday and Sunday sleeping in, and then Monday comes, and you got to get up at 5 or 6 or whatever o'clock dark in the morning. And it hurts. It hurts, and you don't want to do it. What we should do is just keep waking up at the same time. Oh, but we don't. I know better, don't I? I want to sleep in. It feels good to sleep in, and it does. Okay, so then church is no different. All the habits of life, by the way, are no different. We all have good intentions of doing good things in our life, and we do them for a time, and then we fall away. Okay, so let's just focus on the one we've got going on here, maybe the most important of them. How do we provoke each other in love? Now, when I say provoke, maybe you're thinking Jerry Springer, right? Where, where you, you, know, you, you get at somebody and then you, you start into a fight. That's not what I'm talking about. There is a different way that we can provoke each other. Now, I want to I give you an idea. There's a video I found of some men, some, some gentlemen who, who are Christian, by the way, who wanted to provoke some people in love. And when we see this video, you, you'll have a total different idea of maybe what it is to provoke someone. Because they had a really good idea uh, of how to provoke people into love. Call someone and tell them that you love them for $5. Oh, you right there? Yeah. You got it out on the speaker. Gotcha. Hey, I'm just calling to let you know I love you. Nothing happened. I'm just, I'm just calling you. You okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Nothing. Just going to say I love you. Where are you, where are you at? I'm at school. <laughs> Nothing. I got to go to class and I have to take a quiz and I'm, I'm heading back to the house. You're lying. Not lying. You're up to something. No, I promise. Alright, well I love you too. Alright, I love you. Alright, bye. Good job, bro. No, keep it up. Yes, sir. Bro, no, you keep it up. No, keep, keep it, keep it. Give it to the next person. They need one right there. Hey, mama. Hey, I'm just calling to let you know that I love you. 
Okay. Well, I'm gonna let you go. I was just calling to tell you that. All right, man. I'll see you then. Y'all don't gotta give me no money. I love this because these these guys they came up and they thought, ha here's here's a quick five bucks I can take advantage of, right? All I gotta do is call someone, tell them I love them, no worries. Calls them up and then you know what happened is they realized after that call that they received more than that five bucks. In fact, both of them, and I imagine that that happened all day long, recognized that that $5 paled in comparison to that little connection that they made with that loved one. Call your dad and tell him you love him. Okay, sure. And then afterwards, no, man, that was so much better than whatever I got. Here, I know what's best. Take my $5 back and let somebody else have that joy. Let somebody else have that experience. Let somebody else understand what love is because that love that they expressed to the person that they loved, they also received back in kind. And that perpetuated something more beautiful than the love of money in their life. This, my brothers and sisters at Christ South, this is the mission. That there is a love in the world from our God, from each other, that we give and create and hold on to and protect and send out that is way better than any of the things that we all convince ourselves is better. There is nothing better, but it is really easy to forget that. To fall out of the habits and, and to put into place something else that we think is better. Something else that is more immediate. Something else that, that, that seems at that time more desirable. But there is nothing more desirable than love. And that is our Lord. Literally, we call him Jesus is our Lord. And our Lord God is love. These things are all the same, right? A equals B equals C. Well, God is love and God is Jesus and Jesus is love. And so, so here's the push. Here's me provoking you that you might provoke someone else. You know, as the band comes up and they're, they're getting their instruments on, I, I, we're going to take a second as a congregation. And there's somebody that you know that you should call, that you should provoke and love. I'm not saying provoke them to come to worship. That would be a good thing. That's a fine thing, and maybe you should do that. Who's not here? Who should be here that isn't here? But here's what I want you to see and do. I want you to see and do that you have been called to love in this world. That the very reason we exist is to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. So let's do that. Let's be the love in the world. Somebody popped up in your brain. We're going to take two seconds as, as they're getting their instruments and they start making some noise. I want you to think about that person. I want you to, to think about the, the one that popped up in your brain. I want you to just pray for them right now. You know, when I was writing the sermon, I called my father. I practiced what I preach, and I called my dad. I called him up right there in my office. He didn't answer. He called me up on my drive, my commute home, and we had a whole conversation. I was sitting there in my driveway as I was finishing that conversation, and it was a blessing. And there is somebody that you can be a blessing to. Lord, whoever it is that we're thinking of, bless them. Strengthen us, Lord, that we might reach out to them. Strengthen this congregation, Lord, that through the Holy Spirit we might be the hands and the feet that you have asked us to be to hug on those who aren't here, those who are in dark valleys, those who need you. Send us out, Lord, that we might be your people. And this is what it looks like. That we might never stop 
Don't stop being community. Be the people God has called you to be.